0: Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's window. The first four days of this week, and I are looking at a section of the book of Exodus. You know, we read through the one year Bible and uh, there's a little Old Testament there, a little New Testament, some Psalms and Proverbs. And So right now, since we're in the first part of the year, we're reading through the book of Exodus. And while we were reading through earlier, we came across a section where God has sent Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the people of God go. God wants to take them out of bondage in Egypt and take them to the promised land. So Moses goes in with God's message uh, that it's time for the Israelites to leave and go sacrifice to God. But Pharaoh doesn't want to let his slave labor force go. So even though Pharaoh is being softened up a little bit by these uh, plagues that God is sending, his heart is still hard and it's his desire never to let the Jews go away. Now, the reason why this is important to us is We live in an era where all of these things that we see take place in the book of Exodus have, their symbols of things going on in our life today. So one more time in case you missed it Monday or maybe this is your first time to be part of Noah's window this week. Pharaoh represents Satan here. Moses and the Israelites represent the people of God. And the big thing to notice is that Egypt represents the world. Anytime you come across Egypt in the Bible, It's always a symbol of the world. Now we're not talking about the planet or the globe or the people who live in the world. We're talking about a system that is set up against God. So one more time, here's the deal. God has said, come out of this world system, become my children. i want to take you to a wonderful future. Moses is going in to tell Pharaoh that time's up, it's time for the people of God to leave. Pharaoh is saying, I don't want, he's not saying this to Moses, but in his heart, he's saying, I don't want to let go of the Israelites. And so he's offering compromises. Already we've looked at the first two, Mary mm-hmm. In chapter eight, the first thing Pharaoh said was go, well, don't really leave, stay here. You can worship God, but you can stay here in this world system. And then when Moses said no, Pharaoh said go, but don't go very far. Don't get real serious about following mm-hmm. God. You can still be, fully involved in this world system, its beliefs, but you can kind of do a little God thing as long as you don't go very far. Moses says no. And so now we come to compromise number three. And this is a really, really big thing today. So God has sent plagues and, and Moses and Aaron go back to Pharaoh. And so Pharaoh asks Moses, who exactly, this is in verse eight, who exactly will be going with you? Moses replied, we will all go, young and old, our sons, our daughters, our flocks and herds. Pharaoh retorted, you know, and, and if you look at verse 10, he's like, well, if I let your little ones go, uh, he knew what was going to happen. They would leave and not come back. So Pharaoh says, only the men may go and worship the Lord. In other words, you can go personally, but you have to leave your family behind. In other words, don't try to influence them. It's okay for you if, if you're really bound and determined to follow God, then you do it. But you know, you just say, "Well, the rest of my family—they're not involved here. They can believe whatever they want to believe." Mary Alice, where uh, does this go today?
1: This is so powerful today. And if you're looking around at the world system, um, uh, the world wants us to not influence the next generation. Yeah, and and of course that that's what Satan wants. He doesn't want us to teach our children it became a popular concept even back in the 60s that you know don't try to influence your children because they need to make their own decisions um, and here's the thing to not influence is to influence yeah. yeah if we withhold influence if we withhold teaching our children we are just handing them over to the enemy oh, you know
0: i've heard so many people say this through the years it's like well i'm going to let my children grow up and make up their own minds well they will make up their mm-hmm. own minds but still, I mean, there's the idea, well, I'm not going to try to influence them one way or the other. That is about six inches on the other side of certified insanity. 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 Because those same parents wouldn't take that approach when it comes to nutritional choices. So, so
1: it, it's based on the, on the supposition that there is no truth. Yeah. Because if you accept the fact that there is truth, of course you want to teach your children truth.
0: I mean, here's the thing. It's like, well, I'm not going to tell my children not to walk in traffic. I'm going to let them make up their own minds. Exactly, yeah. I'm not going to teach my children to brush their teeth because after all, you know, they may, they, they I'm may not be fine with all their teeth falling happening. out. I mean, <laughs> but again, it, 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 it's Satan. It, Absolutely. It, it, Satan is behind this messaging because we see this so clearly with Pharaoh. He was saying to, to Moses, okay, you men can go do this God thing, but you got to leave your little ones behind. You got to leave your kids behind. You know, of
1: course, I I can't help but think about our emphasis at New Spring on children. Yeah. And and you and I, as we've been traveling around the country and and been uh, getting acquainted with so many different ministries, how many ministries have we seen where it's all about the adults and the children afterthought? Yeah. They're an afterthought. And and what have we seen over the last forty fifty years? We've seen an exodus of the next generation because we didn't care enough to invest in them.
0: Uh, I'm going to go someplace that's really kind of iffy here, but hey, it's Noah's window. (laughs) I probably sometimes do things on Noah's window. I might not do on stage, but I think I would do this too. If someone were to back me into a corner and say, okay, Mark, what is the biggest difference you see in the attitude toward God, the Bible, Jesus Christ, in the younger, let's say, birth to 30. What's the biggest difference that you've seen? I would say, well, 20 years ago, people that didn't believe in God, if they were young, they tended to be neutral toward the gospel. Mm -hmm. Today, I am watching that become hostility. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important for parents more than ever before to get really serious about Mm -hmm. their kids following God, even if it means that they're not part of a lot of things that this world system says is, is important because you and I are watching, and this is a part I guess is really kind of sensitive, we are watching as the powers that be are coaching our kids to be hostile to the gospel.
1: Absolutely, and, and that's not a new concept. You don't have to turn back the clock very far in history to see that that happened before. And the powers that be right now want to disempower parents and remove the parents' influence on their own children.
0: Well, I mean, that takes me in another direction. I'm about to start another series on prophecy Mm -hmm. in the month of March called Clash of Dynasties 3. But I think we're getting closer to the tribulation, and Satan's Mm -hmm. power is growing. We see that from Revelation chapter 12, uh, that he knows his time is short. But don't you feel that there is a... um, Satan's really turning up the heat on our kids in the world Absolutely. system today.
1: And you, as parents and as grandparents, we are responsible for teaching our children and that's repeated over and over in the scripture. I think about the book of Deuteronomy when Moses set that generation down and the emphasis in Deuteronomy was remember, don't forget, teach your children. Yeah, That was important. Teach your children all the time. Every opportunity, you're responsible for teaching the next generation. It's
0: really important, I think, for parents and grandparents, but especially parents today, not to buy into this world system idea that your kids are little adults. And right, consequently, they can, they can be part of anything they want to be part of mm-hmm. on any electronic device. You right. know, they can be on any social media site. You know, they, we, should, we should let them be independent and make those choices. Well, I, I understand that there's certain independence that kids are going to grow up. and It's going to crescendo as they get older. But I still think as parents, we're the ones who are held accountable for the voices and the messaging that they get.
1: And really they're going the to get
0: the messaging from this world system. That's right.
1: They're bombarded. They're going to be bombarded. And some, some things will be beyond our control, but we are responsible for those things that are in our control. I think well, it's so important.
0: You know, Mary while we're talking about messaging, each day uh, in these four days when we're looking at Pharaoh's compromises, we understand that the, the battle is between the world system, and the Bible continually calls that the world, Uh, It's not talking about the people. I mean, for instance, when the Bible says in John 3 that God so loved the world, he's talking about the people there. But in most of these texts, the Bible is talking about the system. And so today, I want us to look at something about the world system that has to do with this messaging thing that you and I have talked about. Um, In verse four of 1 John chapter four, the Bible reminds us that the spirit who lives within you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world, or, or, and some of you will remember a, a translation that says he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. But now Mary here's where I'd like to get your, 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 your thinking on this. The Bible says the people who belong to this world or those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them. Help me with that.
1: That sounds like what I keep hearing about the echo chamber. Yeah. You know, so they're already speaking from the world's viewpoint, and the world will listen to them. As long as you tell the world what they want you to say, they'll listen to you. That's right, yeah. Just
0: don't tell them what they don't want you to say. Well, I mean, uh, let me ask you a question. Do you ever just kind of like scratch your head at the crazy stuff people believe today?
1: Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's you know, and it goes back to so many things. We, we, it's so important for people to think for themselves instead right. of letting somebody else think for them.
0: Well, you know, when you and I were kids, that was a big message. Even, I mean, to be honest, that kind of came from the left in those days. Right. Think for yourself. But now today, it's kind of like groupthink, and mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're looking at stuff that people believe, and you're like, can can grown people really believe this junk? But Scripture tells us why here, those people belong to this world. They speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. Mm-hmm. But then John goes on to say, "But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us." Now, let's talk about that "us" for a second, because John is an apostle, and he, he at this point is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So, I, I don't think we would be mis, i don't think we'd be misusing to te- the text to say, "But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to the Word of God." because John at that point is writing. I mean, First John is part of the, the scripture. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to the word of God. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth. And you, you really keyed on this when the camera was off. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception.
1: And that's what, that's what the battle is that's being described here. That's the comparison being made. If you're if you're uh, under the influence of the spirit of deception, or if you're being guided by the spirit of truth, and those will always be at odds against one another. They're loggerheads, and, right. and they're
0: not—they're not compatible.
1: No, truth and deception—it's—it's it, it, it's, there's no there's no crossover. There. Well, we've been controversial today. Let's just uh, let's be
0: controversial <laughs> a little more. What is just tearing my heart out is I am looking at the evangelical Christian community, and I'm talking about leaders Mm. that should know better, who, as far as I can tell, they are falling right into this world system, many of them. At least in part, and and I'm I'm not just troubled by what people believe, who claim to be Christians. I'm troubled by what many Christian leaders claim to believe today, because it's 180 degrees away from the Word of God, and it's right in line with this world
1: system. Well, of course, the, the enemy is going to really want to go after leaders. If if the enemy can uh, have control a leader with the spirit of deception, so therefore he's leading others, then that that's a big score.
0: Yeah. Well, today is Wednesday, and and I guess that's making me think about um, something that happens next week. And I know that you've been teaching on this book-by-book series. And so I keep, ever since we've opened this scripture in 1 John, I keep thinking to myself, the way you can know that you're not... Hostage to the spirit of deception is to be in the Word of That's God, right. you know. Because 24. if you if you're in the Word of God and the Word of God is speaking to you, you know that you're hearing from God. You're not hearing from this world system. And and you know, uh one of the things that I, I know is when I I feast on the Word of God, you know, when it's part of my life, I don't have to worry about finding all the things that the world says are right in in countering those things because the word of God will automatically counter it. I'm reminded about how that the FBI for years has taught their agents to recognize counterfeit bills. They have them feel the bills to they have the feeling. They study the real thing. They study the real thing. They don't <laughs> yeah. study
1: the fakes. They, mm-hmm. su- they study the real thing, and I, I think, wow, that's... And that's the thing. There can be too many different different fakes. You couldn't reduce reproduce any, all of them. Yeah. But if you know the truth, there's only one truth. There's wow. only no one legitimate. And the, if you know what's really true, then everything else is automatically. Well, Pharaoh, automatically.
0: just like Satan today, will say, it's okay for you, but you got to leave your kids yeah. behind. And uh we you know, like Moses, he's like, love this, he's like, don't even try that i'm not even I'm not even mm-hmm. open to that. I'm not buying, mm-hmm. so as we'll see tomorrow, Pharaoh's got one more compromise <laughs> he's going to offer Moses, and we'll talk about that tomorrow, but oh my goodness, Maria, you've prayed for us every day this week, all of us who are parents and grandparents in this crazy mm-hmm. age, we need the power of God." to help us discern and to know what to do, how to raise kids in these difficult times. Absolutely. So would you pray for all of our parents and grandparents today?
1: Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, we are so burdened about the next generation, these young children who are being so bombarded, and uh, the teenagers and the young Mm. adults even, Father. I just pray that you would guide us as parents and grandparents, that we could represent you well, that we could teach and uh, be examples to them of uh, a life that's lived under the spirit of truth and not under the spirit of deception. And Father, there's so many powerful uh, influences that Satan has brought about on this next generation. But Father, as you've told us, you are more powerful than he is. And I pray even right now for everyone watching and listening to Noah's Window, all of those of us who are parents and grandparents, we need, we need your wisdom, Father. We need your wisdom, We need you to help us, Father, first of all, to live the life that you would have us to live, that we would be fully dedicated, and that we would show examples to our children and grandchildren. And beyond that, that you would give us the wisdom to guide them on how to live in this difficult world that is uh, bombarding them with so many horrible messages and false messages and confusing things. Father, I just pray that... um, the Holy Spirit would uh, work in the lives of our children and grandchildren. Draw them to you, Father. Please wrap your arms of love around them. And Father, we come to you like the parents and the grandparents that uh, approached Jesus when he was here on the earth. We bring our little ones to you, Father. Please bless them. Please give them faith. Please be real in their hearts. And show yourself powerful in this generation. Help us, Father, we need you. And we will give you the glory and the praise and the honor and we ask all these things in jesus name amen amen
0: oh i love that you know uh i was just reading mary alice uh, your prayer made me think about when parents brought their kids to jesus and i think it's matthew's text that adds something you know because we we typically see that they brought them to jesus to bless them I think it's Matthew he's said that says, they brought them to Jesus to bless them and to pray for them. Wow, that's good. That Jesus is interceding for our kids. That's, that's worth, uh, that was worth those doing, even if the rest of it wasn't. Well, thanks for joining us. And Mary Allison, I'll be back tomorrow. If I had one more compromise for Moses, we'll talk about that then. God bless. Have a wonderful day.